The stories of some of the world's greatest women unfold here. I am Annette Comer, your host, and each week, the untold secrets of success, strength, and boldness of today's powerful women are revealed. This woman grew up in a household full of dancing and music. And even though she didn't pursue either as she grew, the creative nature of her did flourish. Color and design were exciting, and fashion design and merchandising caught her attention. Over the years, a career began to take shape as she created wardrobe magic. She became an expert at wardrobe consultation and custom clothing, especially focused on dressing powerful men. Today, she creates beautiful clothing with the purpose of enhancing how someone feels about themselves. And it is in this space of color and texture that her greatness is unfolding. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Mary Teresa Chandra. Hi, Mary Teresa. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Annette, and thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and looking forward to our uh, our little chat today. <laughs> yeah, so am I, and so am I. So you have a very unique profession, and I'm excited to dig into your wisdom. So let's get started. Many men tend to feel insecure in the fashion space, but you have been able to make them feel comfortable. So what is your approach that works so well that other women who work in male-dominated arenas can learn from? I look at him and I think of him in a way that he may not be comfortable with, with a woman, but I come from my heart and show him my kindness towards him and that I'm genuinely interested in you know, his issues with clothing. I'm a very good listener. I think men like to speak a lot. It gives them a little bit more power, if you will. You know, when I listen to them and, and fulfill their needs in that respect, then they become very comfortable. Most of my clients, when I speak to them, when I ask them, why do they do business with me? And it's because I make them feel comfortable. I don't pressure them. Um, I present and then we, we work on a variety of things. So it's, it's really more the, the comfort level, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to dig a little deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Mary Teresa. So for women listening that are in power positions where they are dealing with powerful men, as you deal with powerful men, and obviously you're a powerful woman yourself, you have using the approach of making them feel comfortable. How would that look to another woman? How would she make a man feel comfortable or uncomfortable? He isn't one-on-one with a man. So he's with a woman. So he, she needs to make him feel comfortable. So she needs to speak with him in a very nice, kind, genuine way but coming from her heart, not something that's fake or, or made up. That's what I would say with that. Just coming from your heart and just, you know, speaking to him in a very nice way, you know, commanding that respect, but in a kind way that you want respect from that man, but you're doing it in a nice way. You're not flaunting yourself and you're not giving him the wrong impression because sometimes men in this business, you know, they think a woman's coming as opposed to a tailor or a gentleman. So they might get the wrong idea. But I think that the woman needs to set the parameters for that. And then the man will gain respect for her in her field and listen to what she has to say, especially if she has something really good to say. Because I always say that less is more. And if you speak to someone and you're talk, 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 and you're not saying anything because you want to impress somebody, that's not what a man wants to hear. You know, less is always is always more. Yeah. And and while we're in this space, you know, something I have often seen that that happens is, is women have a chip on their shoulder, uh, yes. either from something that's happened to them in the past or their perceptions of things. Mm-hmm. And I have seen myself 
in the leadership space that when a woman shows up that way, it permeates from how she carries herself, from the language that she uses, everything. So we really need to get that right, don't we, as women? Absolutely. And it is all about how she carries herself. I'm forgetting that. I would highly recommend that she be very poised, very polite, very kind, but in her power. She's not giving that up to him. She's keeping because she is knowledgeable and she knows what she wants to say and she knows how to gain the authority to do what she may want to do or to persuade him, but never come on in a strong way. Because most of the times, if you just present and, you know, make it easy for them and make it feel that it's, you know, in their ballpark, if you will, and that they're making the choice. And, and but in actuality, you're guiding them towards that choice. That's really better for them, if you will. Like I'm speaking in the clothing area, but especially right. women in leadership. It is a tricky balance. Unless you as a woman are very well grounded in who you are, it becomes a tightrope that exactly. you're walking. It really does. Exactly. So I'm going to continue on this line. So women sometimes struggle with how to handle inappropriate suggestions for men. So how do you handle these? Mm, that's an interesting question. I would say that in my speaking tone, keeping it on a very polite conversation, and sometimes when you're polite and kind, people take that you know, as a sign of weakness. But I don't take that as a sign of weakness. I think it's a power thing because the woman is in her peace. She's in her space and she's very confident with who she is and how she's portraying that. So do you do you point out the inappropriateness of a comment that could be a suggestion from a man that you're working with or do you yes. let it slide or what do you do? Well, it depends on the situation. Sometimes I won't pay attention to it. It's very, very rare if it happens, but it does happen sometimes. And I think that the less attention you bring to it, the easier it is. Because if you bring a little attention to it, then that's going into his ball court where he may be looking for that challenge. And if she's giving him that challenge, then he's going to pursue it. That's because then it becomes a fight. Exactly. Of somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. Exactly. Exactly. So there's really no winning there, you know, because if she's confident in her way, she does not need to win. Because she won already. My mother used to say to me, this is what she used to say to me. Sometimes the best word is the one you don't say. So you're leaving it open because if you come back at them, you're opening up maybe a can of worms and he may be testing you. Yeah, it is a tricky thing because in not saying something, it can give the impression of compliance and that it's okay. But then if you make a big deal out of it, then it gets blown out of proportion. Exactly. So perhaps to the advice to those listening, when you are faced with inappropriate suggestions and comments is to respond in a firm speaking voice Mm -hmm. that that is not who you're about or that doesn't work or that's made you feel uncomfortable. Yes. As opposed to saying, you know, you're being a real turkey here in terms of behaving like that. Maybe you you soften it by saying, bringing it back to you and said, this is making me feel uncomfortable and then try to remove yourself from the situation. Exactly. So if someone should say something to me in regards to that, okay, I would probably either not say anything, but, you know, give him a look that's not very nice, that that was inappropriate. But if he continues on that, I would say, you know, that is not of my interest. um, and That is totally inappropriate. And I would appreciate you not talking to me like that. And I've said that a couple of times. That's what I would. You know, women underestimate how much power they have with their body language, with their expressions of their face, with their their eyes. 
and the impact that can have on men. Because remember, all these men were raised by mothers Mm -hmm. and they all know that look of when they have been bad. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Exactly. I believe that if you carry yourself in a very professional way, that gentleman will know what you're about. And if he wants to, you know, uh, test you on seeing how far he may push you in that area, I think that he'll try. But if you tell him that you're not interested and that's not of your interest and that's not why I'm here, then I think that he back off. And if he isn't, then he's a boy. And I don't want to do business with people like that. Well, and and I really wanted to gain your perspective on this because you have a little bit different situation than many women have in the male-dominated arena because you you end up being in a very intimate situation with these men because yes. you're measuring them for their clothes and you're picking out patterns and and it could be something from underwear to a suit. So it could be all over the place. So it it is um you have a little bit different and more challenging arena mm-hmm. in so many ways. Exactly. And when I'm measuring him. I tell him what I want him to do. I give him direction is how I want him to stand, how I need him placed, how I need his clothes on him, you know, and then what I will be doing with the tape measure. I tell him everything as I'm going along so that he's comfortable with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I approach it in a very professional way, if you will. So it's not like I'm, you know, they're flirting with every one of my clients. You, You know, that's not, it's not of my interest. It's not my thing anyway. But, you know, a lot of men, you know, some women, but mostly men will say, oh, you work with men, you measure men. And then their mind starts wandering. So go ahead, wander. You know, I'm commanding, you should say, the relationship of the role of how I'm measuring him. So I'm commanding him and giving him the direction. So I'm not just like, you know, I'm going to measure you. Uh -uh. If you would be so kind, put your back to me. I want you to stand very comfortably, you know, you know, and I would go on with how I want you to you know, be sure your trousers are on your waist, your uh, coat's comfortable, and I want you to breathe normally. I tell them no pumping up the chest and they laugh at that. Because sometimes I have bodybuilders and they're pumping up your chest. And if they do, then you don't get the correct measurement. You know, and that's crucial, you know, so but they get a, they get a little kick out of that one, you know, so I keep it easy. I keep it fun, right. but professional, you know, light and easy. Because it is a one-on-one, and most of the times I'm in their home. Sometimes the wife's there, but not very often. I'm in their closets, or then I'm meeting them in their offices. Right. So it's a it's a variety of situations. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sure is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I like what you said about setting the stage for the interaction of intimacy, because yes. many many women, whether it's uh, traveling with mm-hmm. a colleague that happens to be male, or in a behind closed door one-on-one meeting. With mm-hmm. a man, uh, you know, I have been in all these situations, and I look back and I'm thinking that as I, you know, stubbed my toe along the way, I learned to do what you just mentioned. I learned to set the stage in terms yes. of where I sit, how I entered the office, everything. Exactly. And I think that is a good reminder for women to minimize these inappropriate suggestions mm-hmm. and comments Absolutely. to set the stage. Exactly. And if someone says something to them, they should feel, you know, that they have the authority and the power in themselves to say that they don't like that. Right. You know, similar to when you're on a date, you know, or in a relationship with somebody or somebody new that you met. If you don't like what they said, it should be brought to their attention. Because if not, they're going to keep saying those things. And then it would be then by them saying, and you not saying that you're not, that's inappropriate, then you're telling them that it's okay to speak to you that way. 
Yeah, you've given them permission, haven't you? Exactly. You've given them permission. All right, I'm yeah. going to go a little bit and talk about stress a little bit, because certainly mm-hmm. uh, we've got a lot of stress going on in the world oh. these days. And, you know, how someone handles stress can greatly impact the level of success someone's able to reach. And you told me you have ways to stop the harmfulness of stress when it shows up. So tell me what these methods are and when you know it's time to use them. When it's time to use them, I can literally feel it in my body. If I don't regularly take a break, whether it's um, it may be a walk to clear out something or a little private meditation, just sitting in quiet for maybe 10 minutes. If you don't have 10 minutes, maybe three to five minutes, but just getting yourself a little centered, maybe having a little private conversation with yourself to center on something. Uh, because, you know, our bodies are not designed for all the technology and all these communication technologies that are going on today. So if you think about it, we have videos and we have, you know, podcasts and we have Twitters and Zoom and phones and, and it's a lot for our brain to handle. And, you know, we have a lot of ways to communicate. So there's a really lot. So sometimes when I'm feeling overloaded, I, I, could, I could really feel it. Like I could feel my body getting tense, like I'm ready to leap off the chair. <laughs> and then it's time to go to do something. So it could be something as quiet as sitting for a little bit or just taking a couple deep breaths. If you focus on your breath, you know, for three times, you know, that centers yourself. And I, that works for me as well. Or if I'm preparing for a phone call that might be lengthy or, you know, you're presenting, I focus in, a, in on taking a, a breath and, and relaxing as well. And one thing you mentioned during our pre-interview that I want you to, to talk about is that because, you know, we started this thing talking about how you grew up in a household of music and dancing. Oh, and yes. And you, talked, to, you yes. talked about one of the ways you deal with stress is you get up and dance. Exactly. And yeah. and I know that, I mean, I have done that myself and it's really a lot of fun and it can be t- to one song that you're hearing on the radio, just get up, pretend that exactly. nobody's watching and just dance. Exactly. Because it's very freeing. Now I'm a dancer. I'm not a professional dancer, but I am on the dance scene. And I think I did mention that to you. Right. So mm-hmm. I happen to love, you know, doing ballroom and, you know, Latin cha-cha-cha and swing dancing. So that is a great stress reliever because for me, I'm very empathic. So when the music's playing, whether it's a DJ or you have a live orchestra, now I grew up in a family where there's music. My dad's a professional drummer. There was always music in the house. He also plays guitar. So if I'm listening to music, that whole music permeates and goes right through my whole body. And then if you get on the dance floor and you're dancing to the music and you may have a very good partner, or maybe if you're just freeform dancing, it's just a great release. It brings you into, I, I always say it's a euphoria, joy, bliss, you know, happiness, where you're not thinking of anything but your body and, you know, moving and, you know, the music, you know, the music is like a heartbeat to me. That's how I look at it, and especially if it's good music, it's like big band music or, you know, things of like that I love, you know, or cha-cha-cha, you know, some um, uh, salsa is really great. You know, it just lifts your spirit. So even if you're feeling a little a little low or stressed or whatever, it's very important to do something like that. So it's on a different scale than maybe you're, you know, breathing or going into quiet. It's more activity. And I think it's really good for your brain. I really do. I agree. Great for your spirit. It really, it really lifts you. So Mm -hmm. if if those of you listening and watching aren't using music as part of your a way to deal with stress really encourage you to do that because Mary exactly. Teresa and I both do this 
it really does help. I have a couple of songs that I call my stress songs and, and they are just, you know, good rhythm. You can't not move hearing them, whether exactly. it's you know, tapping your foot, clapping your exactly. hands, whatever, bouncing exactly. around in your office chair. Exactly. And that so you're little, totally, totally connected. That little three minute yes. song can reset exactly. the, whole, the whole atmosphere you're in. Another thought on that I would like to share is that, you know, uh, I don't drive very much. I live in New York City, so I don't drive very much. But when I do have to drive, surround yourself in that car with music and don't hear anything other than. So you're, you know, listening to the music and you're driving and that's a total freedom. And, you know, you'll start dancing in the car. I mean, I do, <laughs> you know, or I'll start singing to the top of my lungs. You know, it's, it's just a fun thing to do. So you're in your own space. And you're driving maybe on a highway and you're just totally free. And, it's, you know, it's exhilarating. It's exhilarating. Have you ever driven by someone and seen them just bouncing around in the car and singing at the top of their lungs? And, and even though you can't hear them, as you pass them by, it does make you smile. It so, does. So imagine does. if you're doing it yourself, how much more of a smile you'll get. It is. It is. It's fun. It, really it is, is fun. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to change directions a little bit on you. So in your dealings with successful men, how do you hang on to your femininity while showing up decisive and powerful? I would dress very feminine. Um, even though I might be dressed tailored, I take it to a point that it's a little bit more on the feminine level. So that's obviously portraying something acceptable for them as well. I think most men like a feminine woman. You know, I think most do. Maybe they say that they don't, but I, I think that they do. You know, so let's let's go a little further with that, Mary Teresa. So yeah. describe to me... And to those listening, what would that feminine look like? It certainly doesn't mean a plunging neckline. Exactly. But what would it mean? What would it mean for a woman that she can show up powerful and decisive, but still show up feminine from a wardrobe standpoint? What does that look like? So from a clothing point of view, I would start with, you know, a frame, which would be either a suit if she's required to wear a suit or uh, maybe a jacket. And I would keep it on a soft, even though it can be tailored. You can allow it to be soft by the fabric that you choose. So it can be tailored or something on a little bit more of a feminine look. You know, something like I have a mandarin collar on my jacket. So that's a little bit of a softer look. If you wanted to wear, you know, either the skirt with it, I would be sure that the skirt is just right up above the knee, you know, because anything short is, you know, calling attention to yourself. So for professional, I would say the shortest would be like right up above the knee for a skirt. Trousers, you know, you can do any kind of a style, maybe somebody who would like something with a little bit of a wider leg or something that's a little bit more tailored. And then as far as something underneath the jacket or the suit, you can wear a very nice, you know, a silk blouse or maybe just a little uh, silk or, you know, cotton, um, you know, a top, like a little tank top or something, something a little bit more feminine. So you can show some of your chest area, which is feminine, but you don't need to show your cleavage and, you know, show everything else as well. Okay, good. Soft jewelry and, you know, a a proper shoe for business. You know, sometimes I see women in, in shoes that are, you know, they're evening wear shoes or they're wearing clothing during the day for business. That's clothing for evening wear or social wear. So there's a difference between them. So if you're wearing clothing for evening, 
to an office that's, you know, that you're in a, in a setting where there's men speaking, women speaking in leadership roles or, you know, CEOs or whatever. If you're wearing evening clothes, you know, such as sequins or plunging necklines or skirts that are, you know, like five, six inches above your knee, that is totally inappropriate. You're giving the wrong, the wrong signal. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Going to move into a different area now. Uh, okay. you, you told me that a woman's mindset is critical and that without the right mindset, a woman can lose herself. Explain what you meant by this and how it shows up in your daily life. To keep herself in a very positive mind frame. It takes a lot of practice to do that, if you will, uh, because there's a lot of things that you incur on a daily basis that can be stressful. So it can deter you and bring you off the course. So you have to be very aware of it and set in your mind that if you're going to go off course, you need to bring yourself back on course to stay that steady route. And I believe that if you're centered in peace, that will keep you in that way. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. In it. I think it takes a lot of practice because sometimes if you're doing things and you're you're doing, 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 and then all of a sudden you feel like, you know, you just want to scream because you need to like let go of, of all that's accumulated. But if you take it easy and one step at a time, doing one thing at a time, I think as women, and I'm guilty of it, we like to multitask. But when I feel that I'm multitasking or doing too many things at one time, my I get my brain gets on overload and I could really feel that. So then I back myself up and I say one thing at a time. It's like being very conscious of your thoughts. And once you get control of your thoughts and how you're you're moving in that space, then you can bring yourself back. But like I said, it doesn't happen overnight, but you need to be very aware of it. It's being very conscious. When it has to almost become a way of life, doesn't it? it, Yes, Annette. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Whether it's, you know, in business or family, relationships with your children, everything. Because one word can set you off, as you well know, in business. One word, you know, or a letter or a presentation or something that someone may say to you. Mm -hmm. Or an employee's behavior. Exactly. I've had that trip me up a time or two. Yes, exactly. And, and yes, then you because, start going yes. down that rabbit hole, don't you? And then you're you're off center. And like you say, you start to lose yourself and who you who you really are and exactly. how you want to show up as a leader. Exactly. Yeah. And then we get caught up in the emotion because then you're you're going into the emotion of it as opposed to what is really going on. Yeah. What is what is really happening? And we can only do what we can do right now. You know, looking back at you nowhere, if you have acquired a position today that maybe from, you know, not very good choices or decisions, it's okay. We're all here to learn from each other. Just take what you have and move forward with it in the best way possible. Yeah, I think that's great advice. All right. So I'm going to go back to a second on, we we touched on it, but I want to dig a little deeper on it about how a woman dresses. Uh, We both know it can be important if she wants to be viewed as confident and powerful. From the perspective of a fashion designer, what would you give as advice to women? You've already talked about the styling of the clothes. How about color? Can she be bold with her color? Uh, Or does she need to keep it in the blacks and tans and grays? I think that she should choose a color that she really loves and looks great in to complement her hair, her eyes, and her complexion, a favorite color that she may have, and then combine it with some of her, uh, you know, blacks or grays things like that. So I happen to love the purple tones. I've loved them since I was a child. They're complementary to my skin tones because I have a little bit of, I'm very, very fair. So a little bit of the blue tones. 
but maybe somebody really likes, you know, uh, a red color, but you can do lots of things with red and keep it toned down. Mix red with gray, you know, very, very sophisticated. Charcoal is a gray color. Black is also good, but maybe accent it with something that's, you know, black with another color that, that she may look good in or that she really loves. Same with men. They're going to present themselves in a different way. Oh, I love what I have on. Or maybe just a nice, beautiful dress she's wearing that's appropriate professionally with maybe a nice, um, you know, sweater or something of that nature. She's going to feel much more confident if she's in a color that she likes. So I happen to love color. I do. And, and I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head with your last comment that that color can impact how she shows up, not in terms of fashion wise, but the vibe she gives off. And I know for myself, I wear, uh, I have some red pieces. Yes. And when I wear them, I get, I get compliments, which obviously, you know, boost us up. But I also feel powerful, which is an interesting that, that the color, and it's not the piece of clothing, it truly is the color. It is the color. It does. It impacts you. If you think about it, when you're just looking at color, now I happen to come from the creative world. I love color. Anything with color, my mind starts going in all kinds of directions because I just love color. And to to work with it and present it, you know, to men, obviously, when I'm styling, but sometimes I have women will say to me, I'm making a presentation, you know, like a couple of times when I was doing a, a wedding, client was going to a wedding and I was making him a tuxedo. So his wife came and she showed me that she had this dress and she wanted to be sure that, you know, he would compliment with, instead of wearing a basic, you know, black bow tie, what could she wear? Could the children, you know, accent as well? I said, yes, you should compliment one another. When you're a couple and you're going out, you should always compliment one another. But color brings you in a whole different realm. It just, it kind of makes your brain dance. That's what it does for me when I see it. It's just very, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It does. It is. It adds a lot of fun to, to whatever you're doing, whether it's your home or your... So Mary Teresa, is there anything about your journey to greatness that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with other women? I would say just to show up as yourself, coming genuinely from your heart and soul and to just be yourself and just to be you know very relaxed, to be very calm in your settings. You know, be comfortable with who you are. You know, we've all done a lot of things that we feel uncomfortable about. But I used to work with a gentleman and he used to say to me, it's okay to feel comfortable about being uncomfortable. And then the first couple of times you get over that hump and then it's like, wow, that isn't so bad at all. It didn't kill you. <laughs> exactly. But it's something new, you know, so you learn to be comfortable about being uncomfortable. And I think that's great advice. Yes. And I would also say two other things. I would say that women are a lot more powerful in who they are. And I think that they should stand firm in their ground for that, but in a very good way and know that that there are dreams that should be fulfilled within them. And I think that they should fulfill their passions and dreams and to go after them. There was one more thing I did want to say that I think it's very important to be a very good listener. Not that you cannot respond and, you know, speak in a conversation level, because if you really listen, they're telling you what they need. Like if I have a client, who has a special needs for clothing, if I'm not listening to him and I'm just Annette selling things, what purpose is that? I need to take care of him in a respect. And that's how you gain a good foundation for a relationship. So it'll work the same. You know, in your business, I'm sure it works the same. Listen to what your clients are telling you or 
someone's, you know, in a meeting with CEOs or, you know, managerial. I think it's a, a very, very great thing to do to be a very good listener and to then comment in a very great way that will bring it the conversation and the relationship together. Yeah, another great piece of advice for sure. And listening is something everyone can learn. You can't say I don't have that talent because it is a learned behavior for yes. sure. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that when you finesse that skill to a level of professional, it really impacts your business. Yes. It is it can be very much a key to success in so many fronts. Employees, deals you're doing, whatever. Yes. And especially if you don't understand something, just be out front with it. Say, you know what? I'm really not sure what you're saying. Please tell me where you're coming from. You know, just say it the way it is. You know, you don't need to pretend or to put on airs. You know, it's easier just to be, you know, yourself. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because we all ask questions. And we can't. <laughs> Part of life. It's anyway. how we learn. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mary Teresa, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here today. I can't wait till I have an opportunity for you to create a wardrobe for me. Uh, but it, it's been a great thank you for sharing your wisdom from a very thank unique you. perspective, for sure. Thank you so much. And look forward to our future adventures. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And Mary Teresa is another great example of how women are challenging the norm, making things happen and demanding their own greatness. So join me next time on the World's Greatest Women Show as another powerful woman story unfolds. 